This is uh, The Viewpoint and I am introducing uh, our guest who's going to take over the airwaves uh, for the next uh, uh, 40 minutes, 50 minutes, maybe an hour, maybe the whole show. I don't know. Who knows? But anyway, introducing my guest, that's Palesa Mokomele, Head of uh, Community Engagement and Communications at DKMS Africa. Good to have you on The Viewpoint. Thank you. So happy to be here. And you are going to take over the airwaves, right? Yes. Looking, <laughs> looking forward to it. Are you? I am. I'm a bit nervous, but uh, is it? yeah, I think it'll be great. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think we just need to be a little bit closer to okay. the microphone. There we go. Much, much better by far. So let's talk about, uh, you know, the work that you do. Um, I know that, you know, you specialize in making making us as just the general citizens of, of South Africa or anybody uh, who is out there making us aware about uh, blood stem cell donation. Mm. How did we get to this point? So every 72 minutes, someone in South Africa is diagnosed with a blood cancer or blood disorder. Um, many of us general citizens will say we don't know about blood cancer and we also don't know about stem cell donation. But of the people who are diagnosed, many of them will need a stem cell uh, transplant at some point in their treatment. So DKMS essentially uh, gives a fighting chance to every patient who needs a stem cell donation um, so that they can have a second chance at life. And um, if our stats tell us that every 72, 72 minutes someone is diagnosed, then it means it's closer to home that we can imagine. Mm. Um, and I think particularly for us black people who often um, just don't know certain things about illnesses that affect us mostly, we are in the majority in South Africa. So that means there will be more black people who are diagnosed with these uh, kinds of uh, cancers and disorders. And that prompts us to do something because we can do something. We can register to become stem cell donors. We can raise awareness. We can raise funds. Uh, we can be each other's keepers. But we cannot be complacent and say we did not know. Mm. And what about the process? Is, this, is it not rigorous? The process is rigorous. Uh, but in terms of the donation, the process is rigorous in terms of testing and in terms of ensuring that the donor is safe to uh, donate um, and also from the side of the patient ensuring that uh, the patient receives the highest uh, kind of specialized care because it is a very highly specialized field right stem cell donation from the donor themselves uh, it's non-invasive so there's no operation involved um, it is done in a medical facility it is completely safe uh, dkms has done um, has 12 million registered donors and we do we've given second chances at life to 110,000 people already so um, and we doing we do these kinds of transplants uh, daily. Uh, I think we do about twenty three daily, all over the world. So the expertise is there. We just need to get as many diverse donors as possible, and that speaks to black, coloured, Indian, uh, Asian people. So mm. it speaks to us. So how how do I go about it? Let's say here I am, Bertha. Where do I go when I walk in? What, what what is the process when I walk in as as somebody who's willing to donate? 
So it starts with a swab kit. You will uh, swab your mouth, which uh, DKMS sends to your home, or if you can meet one of our donor recruiters. Um, that's how we gather your, we get your DNA from inside your mouth. It's sent to the lab so that we can get your DNA typing. And then only you only get a call as a donor when there's a patient whom you match with, right? And then, so when you get this call, you will go for tests just to make sure that you're safe, that you're fine. Um, and uh, after that, then the process of getting your body ready for the stem cell to... Uh, for your body to produce more stem cells so that you can give to the patient. Then that process starts. Um, it's The people who've done it, whom we've interacted with, say that they were so happy to do it because at this point they were the only person who could save, who could give this other person a second chance at life. So the beautiful thing about it is that you as the donor undergoing is you undergoing this process. There's a patient who's going undergoing their own process. The the this beautiful connection between you two is that you are each other's genetic twins. So at this point no one else can help them. You're the only person. So it's 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 an out of body experience. I think it's unexplainable because a person has a one in one hundred thousandth chance of getting a stem cell. Uh, of getting a matching donor. So it can be ancestors, it can be God, it can be whoever you believe in, who makes these two people meet at this specific time. And they're going through these two s so interconnected processes, but they're strangers in yeah. many cases. Yeah. I don't want to take much of your time because you need to take over the airwaves anyway. Uh, why did you choose uh, Bongo Muffin, that song? It reminds me of... My friends and I rented a house. We we lived in this very, yeah, we were young and we lived in a very rundown house in Kems Bay in Cape Town. <laughs> uh, it used to be, it it was a house that belonged to tram drivers back in, there was a tram in Kems Bay in Cape Town near the ocean. So we lived there and we always played the song and it's just a summer song, dancing, and it just reminds me of those days. I can see it brings joy. <laughs> it brings a lot The smile joy. on your face. <laughs> it's a million words that are coming out of me. I don't know what they are, but they are. But anyway, um, it is 27 minutes just before nine and hashtag Tuesday takeover. I now have to clear the desk and clear the studio because our guest is about to take over everything. I will see you on the other side when she's done and dusted with her work and of course speaking to her guest whom she will introduce so stand by for palesa mokobele head of community engagement and communications at dkms africa coming up next tuesday takeover on the viewpoint i'm palesa your Tuesday takeover guest uh, this evening and I think uh, Bertha is going to do more research on stem cell donation and, and stuff. Uh, my guests today this evening are Nomsa Managa and Erna West and we're talking about cancer and uh, stem cell donation. Do join the conversation by calling in on 86 and you can also send your voice notes to 0614-104-107.
and please keep your voice notes under one minute um, so that we can, um, uh, yeah, read them. <laughs> so Erna is on the line already. Um, Erna, are you there? Good. Yes, good evening, Felisa. Good evening, Erna. Erna is my boss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? How oh, my word. <laughs> You are so funny, Palisa. Look, we can't giggle through this conversation. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so I'll start the conversation, Arna. Um, I just wanted to, to, for you to share with us what your history with uh, blood cancer is and stem cell donation is. So my journey started when my daughter was diagnosed with a life-threatening blood disorder 20 years ago. So it was really absolutely devastating. Um, but fortunately, she received a bone marrow transplant a year later. That saved her life. And, you know, looking back even more so today, we understand that we were extremely lucky because she had a matching donor. Working at DKMS Africa, which is obviously a non-profit organization, it became evident that we have to do more than what has been done um, over the last 30 years because less than a third of patients may find a matching donor in their family. And the majority of patients will have to rely on that perfect stranger that you talked about earlier mm -hmm. to save their life. So it is so, so, so critically important to to register to become donors for us in South Africa. And Erna, um, you were one of very, uh, very few lucky people who were able to be a matching donor for your child. But obviously the prognosis is quite different for other patients and in particular black patients. Uh, can you tell us a bit more about this issue and how perhaps how DKMS is um, uh, trying to resolve it? Yeah, so we, we make blood cancer visible. We also spoke earlier that, you know, black people don't know about blood cancer necessarily. Um, but I think there's a lot of, of people in South Africa, doesn't matter where you come from, that doesn't know about it. If you haven't been involved with a, with a friend or a family member that um, had blood cancer, then, you know, nobody wants to know about it. But that's one of the things we do. We make blood cancer we make, make blood cancer visible to everybody out there. Um, and this creates awareness about blood cancer. And it's key to getting people to understand the cause and to register to become donors. And currently, too few black, um, colored, Indian, and Asian people are registered as stem cell donors. And this makes it difficult for patients of these ethnic groups or race groups to find the lifesaver they so desperately need. I'm very happy to say, and this is the, the nicest thing that I always talk about, is that we have recruited over 64,000 fully typed donors in South Africa in, in almost three years. And more happy to say that more than 50% of them are donors of color. And this means that but patients of color will have a second chance at life. Hmm. I think um, as someone who is in the organization and someone who interacts a lot with patients and with uh, families particularly, and, and obviously someone who is 
who knows that I'm a, I'm in a I'm disproportionately affected as a black person. I think it's it's one of the most difficult things that I can even think of. Because mm. um if my child were to get sick, for example, and I and myself or her her father was not a match, then what happens? What happens in this situation? Um another thing Erna, that I find really interesting which I wanted to bring in is that in many provinces there are no oncology centers which means then that there is a shortage of specialists uh, who specialize in blood cancer. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about about this? Yes, so in South Africa, more or less, um, there's about 50 or so, maybe 50 to 60 uh, clinical hematologists. And these are the doctors that specialize in blood cancers and blood disorders. Then there are a few more oncologists around the block, which specializes in cancer, you know, in, in a broad spectrum kind of view. And um, we know that there's not enough doctors in South Africa. There's not enough doctors in the state sector. There's not enough doctors in the private sector, but also very disproportionately divided between the specialists that, that we have access to as a state patient and the specialists that we have access to in the private sector a lot more uh, specialists in the private sector, unfortunately. So um, infrastructure, we've got current infrastructure, we've got the the know-how, we've got the very specialized doctors, um, doctors that really care about the patients in South Africa, and that is really committed to make a difference, you know, to help us to recruit donors, to, to uh, get in there and, and help state patients and so on. So it is a problem. Um, we fortunately are seeing uh, more uh, pediatric hematologists specifically that's been trained um, in Europe and in the States to become transplant doctors. Um, and we're looking forward to the future. I think um, we're going to make a big difference as the whole landscape or the industry if we collaborate and work together, there's going to be a significant in, uh, uh, difference. So thank you for that. Um, one of the most exciting things that I have experienced at DKMS uh, since I started working there about uh, three years ago is that we have started to look at the issue of stem cell donation, not just from taking patients to transplant, which is obviously the most pressing thing, but that on a holistic uh, level, we know that patients often uh, need more help than is available to them. Uh, and so DKMS has launched a pretty small but very significant and powerful patient services uh, uh, unit. Uh, can you tell us a bit more about that as someone who is uh, at the forefront of that? You know, Palisa, our patients have many challenges, many, many, many. They're unemployed, they don't have food, proper housing, et cetera, et cetera. And then on top of all of this, mm. they get cancer. Mm. It, I, I don't even know how you, how you deal with it. Mm. Um, it was really also only when we started this program that we realized just how dire some patient circumstances are. So we started this patient program and really with with a few ideas in mind and to see how, you know, how it's going to change over time because we will have to adapt and make changes. 
Um, and yeah, it was implemented to provide support to patients, which means that we visit them at home or at hospital. We stay in contact with the family as well throughout their journey to be there and available if, if there's something that we could possibly do to, to help them. We will introduce them also to a network of non-profit organizations that provides different services, you know, from transport to mental health and psychosocial support. And you know, our donor recruitment team can recruit potential donors for this patient in their community or possibly in their community. And we will also be providing them with basics like a soft toothbrush and soap and face cloth. You know, I will never forget the day when we visited one of the state hospitals and we passed one of these care packages onto a mom with a very small baby, a tiny, tiny baby with cancer. And she took out the face cloth and through tears running down her cheeks, she said, thank you. Um, that is very, very powerful. You know, you, you never ever thought, you, you never ever think about a face cloth. But that woman and that mom was so thankful. So that is also what we do. And then food is by far the biggest, biggest need. Mm. Um, and I'm really talking about well-balanced food. Um, I've recently um, done a bit of research about malnutrition. Mm. And there's a lot written about it in oncology. And, they, you know, the statements are 50 to 90% of cancer patients um, uh, are malnourished. And it is associated with a significant decre decrease in survival. You know, so if you're poor and you don't have the right food and you cannot eat a balanced meal, you are going to not live as long as another person, you know, who's got food. And then another big challenge is accommodation close to the hospital for adult patients. So it is frightening to see how, you know, how it's to, to do all these treatments. They work in cycles. You have to um, attend all your treatments mm. to get the, the outcome or the best outcome. And when, when you're not close to the hospital, you know, transport is expensive and um, people just then don't go to the treatments. We also see moms who have to look after their children. There's no babysitter. They can't take the, the small kids with. And then they just skip their treatments. Mm. So we are looking at this and we're looking at potential potential collaborative solutions as well. Mm. But, yes, I, I'm so happy. And, you know, Quasi is leading our patient program. I'm so, so happy that we embarked on this mm. thing um, because there's a lot, a lot that we need to do. We need to recruit all the donors we can, but mm. we have to give people the best opportunity to, to improve their outcomes mm. as much as possible so that they can live this, the second life mm. or the second chance. They can, you know, make the best of it. Thank you. Thank you for that. And it's always so difficult to hear about uh, other people's living circumstances um, and particularly mm. also because cancer can just creep up on you. Uh, my name is Balisa Mogomele. I'm your Tuesday takeover, takeover guest uh, this evening. Um, and my guest today, uh, Erna West, who is the country manager at DKMS Africa. Uh, we're talking about uh, cancer and uh, stem cell donation. Uh, 
Next to me, and I'm just going to move uh, to the guest that's in the studio. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you. And you can stay online, <laughs> on the line. Okay. Um, my other guest is Osis uh, Nomsa Managa, who is the founder of Dancing Out for Cancer. Um, Dancing Out of Dancing Cancer. Dancing Out of Cancer. Mm. Sorry about that. Uh, Sis Namsa, you've also had a journey with cancer. Right. Um, can you tell us a bit about your journey before we get mm -hmm. into the dancing career? Right. <laughs> well, 2016, I was diagnosed with stage 4 ovarian cancer. Um, I had a cyst and, uh, and I went to go see a doctor and he said to me, you know, um, this cyst is too big, it can best any time. Mm -hmm. And then I went to see a guy, and the guy said to me, look, they're going to do a total hysterectomy, and that's it. Mm. I'd never been sick before in my life. And um, I, when they did the op, um, they discovered that they removed the cyst and mm. then the ovary. Then they discovered that the cancer had spread to my lungs, mm. to all the vital organs. And they never did the hysterectomy, so they closed me up and they said I need to start doing chemo ASAP. And uh, yeah, and that's how the journey began. That's how the journey began. And um, I did chemo, I used to do about eight hour chemo. Mm. Um, I remember at one point I wanted, I wanted to stop doing chemo. I was done with chemo because it was so painful. I couldn't take it anymore. And, and, and my kids pleaded with me and said, Mama, please, you got to do this. It's, you know, we, we're with you. Mm -hmm. And when I started losing my hair, and it was very emotional, you know. And then I remember, and I call it my deathbed, my older son, who's a poet, Mac, came to me and said, Mama, you know you must write a book and call it Dancing Out of Cancer. Mm -hmm. And wow, I think that's what jacked me back to life. Mm -hmm. Because I remember um, in bed, I used to think, you know what, the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to dance, I'm going to dance. Mm -hmm. when, I, when I leave this room, and that's what really, really put me where I am today. Mm. So at DKMS, we say that uh, we give hope to patients. Mm. Um, what kept you going during this period? I mean, besides your children, and yeah. besides this wish that you want to get up and dance, what what else kept you going? Um, what kept me going was, I am going to tell my story. I'm going to share my story. And that's what kept me going. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, um, unfortunately, I've met with a lot of adversities in my life. Mm -hmm. My son had a wall fell on him. and. And he had just been given an award in rugby. Mm. And he was paralyzed from the waist downwards. And he was wow. in hospital for almost a year. And I remember in that state, I kept saying, I'm going to talk about this. Mm. I am going to talk about this. And that's what gave me hope and courage. Mm. And I did. And I started fighting um, the war of disability then, mm. because there were no REMS. Mm. Disability was something that was hidden, more especially in the black community. Mm. You know, um, kids who, were, who had disabilities, not disabled, mm. but who had disabilities, 
you know, used to be hidden. We grew up not knowing, you know, you'll see kids looking yeah. at us through the windows. Mm. But I said, I'm going to make a difference with my son. And I really did. And I refused to take him to school mm. for dis with kids with disabilities. And mm. I said, he's going to go to mainstream school, mm. to a normal school. You know, uh, people need to start learning these mm. things, you know, about disability. Mm. And, um, and so the whole thing of I am going to talk about this, I'm going to educate people about this, mm. you know, the same happened mm. with my cancer mm. when I was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. And my mom was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer 2009. You know, my baby brother, Prince, was a musician. Mm. He died in a car accident with his wife. Wow. And, um, and, and, and I think... My mother was really badly affected by mm. it. And then she was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And she never lived that long. I think three weeks later, she was she was gone. Mm. And um, and I guess I didn't have the energy. I didn't even think about, ooh, I'm going to talk about yeah. pancreatic cancer. Ooh, I'm mm. going to. No, that wasn't there. Mm. But when I had the cancer, I was like, I am going to talk about this. Mm. I am going to educate people about this. Mm. And believe me, getting into the space of cancer is very scary because uh, in the black community, people think you have been, be you have been bewitched. Yeah. You yeah. see? Yeah. And, and yeah, and I'm learning every yeah. day. Yeah. I am learning every day. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, yes, that's a, that's a very touching story about these three separate but very connected incidents mm. that happened. Uh, but one of the biggest things we also face within uh, creating awareness within the black community about mm. uh, cancer and blood cancers in particular is the issue that there must be something wrong with you for you to get cancer. Of course. I just want to ask Erna. Erna, your daughter was, was diagnosed with a blood cancer. Um, what... Did you face the same kinds of stigmas with as a white woman uh, in a largely Afrikaans community? And also what kept you going as you were going through this very difficult period with a very young child? No, I don't think they, I wasn't aware of any stigmas. I think I was very busy with a lot of different things, but not, I didn't, mm. couldn't care about a stigma. But I don't generally think that we have stigmas about cancer and blood cancer and that type of thing. I think the the one thing, that kept me going is to keep to you know I knew I had to keep my child alive and I had mm -hmm. to do anything in my power and you know um, like my son would say mama bear mama bear is mm -hmm. very strong mm -hmm. mama bear will do everything that she can so I think that that was mainly and you knew you couldn't give up mm -hmm. what do you do if, if you give up um, you know it's you have to you have to save your child's life some way or the other mm. unfortunately um like you said we you know we matched and it was a miracle in itself because it's probably one in a million people um i know of other people just you know um that that where the father and the two other children where the father and the child were a perfect match so you don't see that often but it you know it happens miracles do happen nothing like Namsa said she she started talking about it i didn't talk a lot about it but um i always felt that we have to give back you know at one mm -hmm. point in our lives we really have to give back because we were lucky um there's so many patients that we see now that that just don't have a donor mm -hmm. 
um, and they they probably could have lived a, a lot longer with a donor, um, you know. Um, so we were we were lucky, um, and I want everybody to be as lucky as as what we are we were. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's yeah that's about it. Thank you, thank you, Anna. So um, do join the conversation. Uh, you can call us on 086-000-2032. You can also send your voice notes to 0614 uh, 104107. To hear, we'd love to hear uh, what your cancer stories are. Uh, please join us um, on the numbers um, that I've just mentioned. Domsa, you. Um. Sorry, yes. I just wanted to quickly come in there where, where Erna was talking, when we were talking about stigma. Mm. Um, there's a case that a woman was diagnosed with cancer mm. and mm. her family, um, because I'm just reminded by that Erna was saying she was not even aware mm. that he's, in the black community there is a huge stigma. Mm. And this mm. woman was diagnosed with cancer and her family was like, do you have insurance? Mm. Are you insured? And you can't live here with us mm. because they think cancer is contagious. Mm. And somebody else made um, a comment and said, I'd rather have HIV than cancer. Mm. And I was like, Patung, what's yeah. going on? Yeah. You know, th- yeah. um, and, and that's what I'm meeting. That's what I'm seeing yeah. every day. Mm. I'm like right now, I'm very much involved in the space of mm childhood cancer mm. and mm. and adult cancer when i had the cancer people thought i was bewitched you see yes so mm. with us cancer is for white people it's not for black people so mm. thank you thank you for thank you for <laughs> emphasizing that thank exactly. you for emphasizing so that's that. why i just wanted to come in because I, I i understand erna very well where she comes from you know, but for us, it's a different story completely. Mm. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, I'm Thank sure. you so you much. Know, I, will, mm. I will probably never be able to understand mm. that. Mm. But that is something that, that we all have to, to deal with and, yeah. and sit right. Mm. So at nine o'clock, we're going to have news with uh, Dino Mudaung and we will uh, continue the conversation after the news. Uh, but Snomsa, uh, what you're saying is, it's hard to believe, but you can also believe it because you, it's a lived experience, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That uh, people who are faced with such a, of, often of such a dramatic thing that happens, because many people don't expect that they're going to be mm-hmm. diagnosed with a, a, blood, a cancer. Of course. And yet you find that the reception and the assistance is often missing, so, um, or often lacking, mm. or often so... Ainabundu, you know, um, that's very difficult. It is. It's very difficult. Mm. It is very. And the important thing when you have cancer support is crucial. Mm. That's why um, anything and everything I do, I say I celebrate caregivers because those are the ones that mm-hmm. give us life. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. exactly. Like like Erna, his mm. son says, Mama Bear. Mm. Yes. You know, when you have those mama bears around you, you make it, you know, you pull through. Yes, mm. I, I cannot agree more. <laughs> yeah. So we'll take calls and our voice. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Turning conventional wisdom on its head. 
Bertha Charuma on SAFM. And it is the viewpoint. Yes, I'm back. I need to do what I need to do. Uh, you know, when they say come to work, you must come and do your work, isn't it? But I must say, uh, my guest this evening was Palesa uh, Mokomele, Head of Community Engagement and Communications at DKMS Africa. And uh, talking about cancer stem cells and how you can donate. What an interesting conversation and what a sterling job that um, she did with her guests.